Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read some, uh, I'm going to read a couple of verses, chapter 2 and verse, uh, let's go verse 21. And then uh, I'll explain it. And uh, so just bear with me. Are you there? Make noise if you're there. Here we go. Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using. According to the commandments and doctrines of men, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value, say no value, against the indulgence of the flesh. Chapter three, verse one, he says, if then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seating, seated at the right hand of God. Verse three, I like this. Set your mind, say your mind, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Set your mind on the things above and not on the things of the earth. Paul is writing this letter to this church in Colossae, encouraging them. And we're gonna, I'm gonna unwrap these verses as, as we go along. But what the church was experiencing was there was a mixture of theology and teaching that had started to creep into the church at this point. The church prior to this had been birthed um, out of the understanding or the revelation that Jesus Christ was enough. It, it had been birthed out of the revelation that the blood of Jesus is enough, that it has saved them, it has set them free. And, and, and that's how it was birthed. But along the journey, along the road, there had been different um, teachings that really were heresy, that it was... Judaism that had crept in and caused the, the, the church to start to go back to their old roots of, of thinking that, that it wasn't just enough to believe in Jesus and the salvation that comes through that, that they needed to add some things that they previously were involved in. It was religious things. That's what Paul is talking about when he says, don't touch, don't taste don't handle. He's basically saying is these are the things you're worried about, what you what you touch and what you bring and and what you eat and whether you wash first or whether you did this or whether you did that. And essentially Paul is saying none of that is of any value and and there were other other teachings that that had sort of crept in. Some of them were sort of pagan teachings or pagan ideas that had also come in and and some were Greek teachings that that were not again it wasn't it wasn't of what they they knew the faith to be and I say all that to say these verses essentially what Paul is saying across these verses is really what I want to say to us today and it's a real simple thought I've got a simple thought for you to take today but essentially Paul is saying to the church don't get distracted that's, that's what he's doing. If, if we're to sum it all up and, and to pull it all together, 
Paul is speaking over the church and saying, don't get distracted from the simplicity of the cross of Jesus Christ, His blood to set us free. Don't let all of these other little things, you don't need them. They're a waste of time, effort and energy. Keep focused upon the reason why you got saved in the first place and don't get, don't get distracted. Don't worry about it. And so what I wanted to give you, I know it's simple, but I'm not here to hype you. I wanna help you. I'm not gonna, you might not feel hyped today, but you'll get help tomorrow if you write this down. Are you ready to write something down? I wanna want give you three things to write down. Three, it's actually three questions that I want you to ask if you feel like the enemy might be just trying to distract you. Because this is where the enemy can get us. It's a subtle scheme of the enemy, I think, to just distract us get us caught up in things that, that, that we don't need to be worrying about or focused on. First thing I want you to write down, and this is the question that I want you to ask yourself. You start feeling the enemy, maybe you start feeling a little distracted. I want you to ask yourself, does this matter? Write it down, does this matter? Paul said to them, don't touch, don't taste, don't handle. He's saying this is all religion, which all concern things which perish or the, all of this concerns things that will not last. Essentially, Paul is saying to them, what you're worrying about, it doesn't matter. And I, that's what I want you to ask yourself tomorrow when you wake up and start feeling distracted and start feeling the weight of distractions and things going on in your life, I want you to ask yourself, does what I'm worrying about right now really matter? In the grand scheme of what God has done in my life and what He's called me to and the purpose that is inside of me is what I'm thinking about and dwelling on right now that's causing me anxiety and stress and worried and taking up space in my mind. Does this really matter? He says, if then, verse three, chapter three and verse one, He says, if then we were raised with Christ, Seek those things that are above. What he's saying is, he's saying, if God has really done something in your life, let the things of God be where your focus is. Let what God has done in your life set the standard of things that you will focus on from this point on. As God set you free, has God delivered you? Has God done something great in your life? Let the things of God set the standard. If God did it, if God has done, if I was to get every person, if we were gonna turn this into a testimony service and I was gonna get every person one by one up here and say, tell us what God has done. Can you imagine what we would hear? Bro, we'd be getting up saying, I got set free of this. I got delivered from this. You would have stories and they would be powerful and we would all get saved again and it would be awesome and our faith would be up. I wanna ask you this question. If God really did that in your life, the thing that you would testify, if I said, get up here and tell us what God has done. Well, I remember when I, when I should have died, but, but God saved me. I, I remember when I was addicted, but He brought me out of that. I remember when He restored my family and He did it. I remember when He saved my kids and He did it. I remember when He restored my family. If God did all those things, why are we not focused on Him? 
Why are we so distracted with everything else? If God, if God is, if we really believe that God is good, do you believe that God is good? I believe God is good. If I believe, if I truly believe at the core, even in the midst of things I don't understand in the natural, if I truly have a revelation that my God is good, then why don't I depend on Him? Why do I get so distracted with all of these other things? See, we have to let what God has done in our life, let the standard. If God really, if you really believe that Jesus Christ saved you and set you free, why are you more concerned of other people's opinions of you than you are of God? Let, let what He has done in your life set the standard of what matters and what doesn't matter. Some of you get so bogged down and so worried about the simplest and smallest things. Somebody will post one comment on your social media page from some joker you have never met in your whole entire life. They have 12 followers and their profile picture is a blurred photo of their cat. And you're worried about what they said on your page. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. Tell someone it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Listen, we, we, we let it weigh us down. Paul goes on and he says, he said this, he says, seek those things. He says, if you've been raised with Christ, if God has raised you up, if God has set you free, He says, seek those things that are above. Seek those things that are, that are bigger. Seek The word seek, it means to aim toward. So, so when you wake up tomorrow, what's the goal? What's the goal tomorrow? Is, is the goal to build a big business? Is the goal to make more money? Is the goal to get more followers? What's, what's the goal? What's the target? And is your goal set upon things that are above? Because what people too often do is they get all of the things that they wanna do, build a business, have a successful family, make lots of money, get lots of followers. And then we get all the things that we wanna do and then we tack this on the end and we say, when I get it all, I'm gonna give God the glory. No, you won't. If God is not the goal, you will never give Him the glory. It will always be this little cherry on top afterthought, but it will never be the priority in your life because He was never the goal. Your life was never truly surrendered. You always had your own agenda. You have to set God as the goal. And when you do that, you will always give Him the true glory. What's the goal? What's the goal? Because often we get our plans and then we submit them to God and wonder why He doesn't bless them. And then we get bitter with God and we mark God as unfaithful in certain areas of our life when He never had that in the first place. It was never His plan, it was ours. God has to be the goal. That's, that's, I know it hurts a little bit, but you'll be all right tomorrow. Listen, this is what He's saying to the church. This stuff matters. What's the goal? The value I put on the goal 
And this is what I want to establish and this is why it's important. The value that I put on the goal will determine how ruthless my pursuit of it will be. That's why you get distracted so easy because you haven't got enough value in the goal. And if the goal is God, you will guard the rest of your life. You will guard yourself from distraction. We get distracted simply with things that do not matter. The next question I want you to write down. Are you still awake? That's good. I'm just making sure. I want you to write down this. First one is, does this matter? The second one, is God bigger? Because the other thing that can distract us and, and essentially I'm talking when it comes to battles that we feel like we're walking through, where our focus can get off. It, it, it's, it's where we get caught up in this understanding that we forget the fact that God is bigger than whatever it is that I battle. That you can get so distracted and you can get so bogged down with whatever it is that is in front of you and your battle ends up getting more focus than your God. And all you can see is what it is that you are facing. See, focus is not about what you're facing, it's the way in which you're facing it. And you can be looking hell itself in the face, but still stand your ground because your focus is on the God whose hand is upon your life and not the devil that's looking at you. So what you have to ask yourself, and I know it's simple, and I know it's basic, but sometimes these basic, simple things we don't live. You have got to ask yourself when you wake up tomorrow and you are stressed out of your mind through what's going on in the family, what's going on in the business, what's happening in your finances, the battle in your mind. I want you to ask yourself, is God bigger? Because the moment you answer that question in truth, it'll put your problem into perspective of the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. And you'll start to look at things in front of you differently. Will they disappear? Probably not. I wish, listen, that would be a great sermon, wouldn't it? How to make, listen, how to make all your problems disappear. Series starting next week. I'm gonna preach. Listen, we would pack it out, wouldn't we? Let me tell you something. It, it, it might, but it might not. And I've found more often than not, they won't disappear straight away. But what you can do is you can change the focus. My, uh, my, I, I learned. We, we've been married for uh, six years. <laughs> Shut up. And, and I am what they call an Instagram husband. Do you know what that is? It's one of these husbands that, that part of our role as husbands is to take photos of our wife so that she can post it on her Instagram. It's, in, it's incredibly debilitating as a man, but you've just got to do it. But what I learned, I learned something one thing in six years of marriage. And it's this, I would take these photos and, and, and of my wife, right? I would, I would take the photo 
And, and she would say this to me, because I kept on taking the photos and I would show them to her and she'd look at them and she'd be say, she would say, they're all blurred. And she would say this to me, she would say, you've got to touch the screen. Touch, touch the screen, what are you talking about? Touch the screen. And then I realised, I realised, some of you don't know this, you learn something in church. I realised that when you, if you put the photo on and you touch the screen on the face, that's right, isn't it? You touch it on the face. It focuses the face and you get a better picture. See, this is what I sort of want to do with this message for your life right now. I'm not telling you I can make all the problems disappear, but I am telling you there's a little adjustment you can make that will adjust the focus and it'll get the focus of your problem onto your God. And when your focus is on God, you get a different perspective of your problem and you realise no matter what it is I face, it might be in front of me, but I'm not gonna let it speak to me. I'm listening to the God who is guiding me, the God who is directing me and I'm gonna declare that He's faithful even in the midst of difficult situations. Peter, remember when Peter got out of the boat? Matthew chapter four and verse 28. And Peter answered him. Peter, Jesus is cruising on the water. Peter's in the boat. Jesus calls Peter out. Peter gets out of the boat. He starts walking on water. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And Peter, he gets out of the boat. Bro, this is a miracle. This is awesome. Peter's doing the moonwalk across the water. Brother, disciples are cheering. Go, Peter, go. I don't know, I don't know why I did that. It just felt good. And, and they're saying, go. And, and Peter's going across the water. And there's this moment. And Peter's in the middle of it. And he's walking in victory. And he's a part of the miracle. God is using him. It's amazing. He stepped out in faith. He's taken a few steps. He's got some momentum. And then look at this. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous when he saw. Do you know what that word saw means? In the Greek, it doesn't mean, it's not just speaking of eyesight. It actually means to turn thoughts or direct your mind to something. It's not speaking of eyesight, it's speaking of focus. This was not the first time Peter had seen wind and wave. The dude was a fisherman. But it was the first time he focused upon it. And the moment he focused upon it, his perspective changed. And that's when it started to defeat him. I wanna adjust your focus this morning. I'm not downplaying what it is that you're facing. I'm not saying that it's easy. Some of you, it's all took a battle against all hell to even get here this morning. And I commend you for that. But I do wanna declare over you, despite what you're facing and as hard as it feels and as much as it weighs you down, your God is bigger and it does not have to defeat you. You've just got to shift the focus. Remember Eve in the garden, Genesis 3 and verse 6, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, they're in the garden. They've got the whole garden. They've got, this, they've got this tree. God said to them, you know, you can have all of this, but don't eat the tree. And they screwed it up for all of us. They're the first people I want to talk to when I get to heaven. We'll talk to Elijah, Moses and all of those dudes, but I just want to go up to Adam and Eve and be like, bro, Why? See, where did it all fall apart? For Eve, I wanna show you. Genesis 3 and verse six. So when the woman, say that word, saw. 
when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. It's the same word, it's the, it's the Hebrew word now, but it's the same meaning. Roah is the Hebrew word. It means to look at, to inspect, to consider. Another way to say it is to focus upon. That's when it started to be. That's why some of us so often find it difficult to walk in victory. It's not because the devil's so strong, big, bad and ugly in your life. It's because your focus is wrong. You're looking at the very thing you're trying to overcome. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 22, what does it say? It says, flee. Flee from what's evil, we know the verse. Flee from what's evil and cling to what is good. The problem is He has saved us out of stuff, but we have not turned our back on it. And so the very thing that we've been saved out of, we stand here looking at it, trying not to fall back into it, wondering why we're not walking victorious. It says, flee from what's evil and cling to what's good. There's power in what you're fleeing from, yes, but there's even more power in what you're clinging to. If you cling to Jesus, what you get from Jesus makes you look back on what you were doing before and think, what in the heck was I thinking doing all that? I'm not going back there again, not for any. But so many of us fall because that's where our focus is. That's why she fell. That's where they screwed up because they focused upon it. That's why you feel like your battle's beating you because that's all you can see. I just want to adjust, adjust the focus. If you look through binoculars and, and you, you have to just adjust a focus to get a clearer view. And that's what I want to do this morning. That's what Paul was saying to the church. Let's get focus on what is the goodness of God. Let's get focus upon the victory that He won for us on the cross. Let's get focus. Don't worry about those things. Don't let your battle try and appear bigger than your God. Who does the devil think? He is. You've got to get focused and remind yourself, yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, I may not be able to see a way out, but God is bigger. So tomorrow, when you wake up and you start feeling distracted, you start feeling like the enemy's trying to throw things on you to hold you down, ask yourself first, does it matter? And then ask yourself, is God bigger? And the third one, I told you it was gonna be quick and simple. You ready? The third one. Doesn't matter. Is God bigger? And is it worth it? Is it worth it? We get the enemy, the enemy uh, drains our faith quickly by engaging us in battles that we are bigger than. And some of you, are, are, you get worn down and run down fighting these petty little battles that they're just not worth it. I asked a guy a while, a couple of years back uh, about marriage advice. He'd been married forever. And he said, uh, I said, what's the marriage advice? And he said this, he said, pick your battles. I think it was probably my father-in-law told me that. He's still telling me. But I wanna say the same to us. Pick your battles. Some of the things that the enemy is saying to you are so beneath who you are and what God has called you to do 
And I'm, I'm big on, you know, fight in the Spirit and I'm down on that. We did a whole series on it earlier on in the year. But I would say some of the things that He's trying to lie to you about are so far beneath you, it's not even worth you giving it a second thought. And, and, and it sounds almost like you're taking a back foot, sort of like, well, aren't we meant to move forward and have faith? Sometimes it actually takes more faith to do nothing at all than it does to do something. That's how Jesus can sleep in a boat in the middle of a storm. Jesus is asleep. Think about that. The disciples are up on the front. They're on the deck and they're going crazy. The storms, I mean, I'll be mad if I was a disciple. I'm like, Jesus, what the heck, bro? Like, where are you? Joker is asleep. Because sometimes it takes a greater level of faith to rest instead of wrestle. To say, you know what? I'm not even gonna waste my time with this one. I'm, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get in a sweat and get worried and start stressing out because what the devil is telling me right now about my life, about my calling, about my purpose, my kids, my marriage, my business, that you've, let me ask you this, have you prayed about it? Yeah. Did you believe what you prayed? Yeah. Have you spoken the Word of God over it? Yeah. Leave it alone. Have the faith to take your hands off, knowing that, you know what? God's got this. We went, and I've shared this in a different uh, part of a different sermon, but, but it fits for this. I wanted to give it to you. I went with Pastor Jensen a while back, a football game. It's my first football game. And I was standing there and I was watching these, these, these NFL players. And, and these dudes are fit, bro. These, I mean, these jokers, I mean, you know, like, like these jokers are in shape. And I was watching the quarterback, right? This, this, he's a big dude, right? Big dude. Stacked. I mean, he's got guns. He's got the whole, he was fast too. I've never seen a big guy run like that. I'm like, oh my goodness. Joker could run. He's fast, fit, successful probably paid 20 plus million dollars. I'm watching this guy and I'm standing right there. I'm looking, I'm like, man. But it was funny because in the same frame, the same sort of picture I had, I was looking as well at, at one of the opposing fans of the opposing team. And, and this joker looked very different, right? This dude, he was hanging over the fence and, and he had a hot dog in one hand and he had a beer in the other. And he had ketchup all down the front of his shirt, right? He Honestly, he, he probably weighed about 300 pounds, okay? But what was so funny, I had these two comparisons, right? But this guy is a fan of the opposing team. And I'm looking at this quarterback and this guy is hanging over the fence and he yells out at this quarterback and he says, you suck. And I'm like, bro, you're fat as a house. You probably never run a lap in your whole entire life. But do you know what I didn't see? I didn't see that quarterback walk over to the fence to him and be like, hey, hey, what, why would you say that? What is, that's, that's, that's a horrible thing to say. You, you, know, you know, you really hurt my feelings. I've been out here working so hard and we're training. You just, I've, I feel like giving up. 
You know why He doesn't do that? Because He knows who He is. And He knows what He's called to do. And He's not gonna let some joker that's never set foot on the field once in his whole entire life dictate to him how he's gonna live and what he's gonna do. So why are you over at the fence? Talking to the devil just because you woke up and he told you that you can't do it. Show him that you can. It's not worth, listen, listen, tomorrow, When He brings something into your mind, ask yourself, compare it to the promises of God over your life, over your family, over your business. Compare it to the Word that God Himself has spoken over your life and ask yourself, is this worth it? Because nine times out of 10, I can answer it for you, probably not. Don't worry about it. And I'm not downplaying and I want you to think that I'm minimalising what it is you're going to. I'm comparing it to how great your purpose is. There's a destiny upon your life. God's hands upon your family. God's hands upon that marriage. God's guiding you. He's directing you. The peace of God is around you, protecting you. You don't have to worry about entertaining this conversation and this battle that you are bigger than. So tomorrow, Does it matter? Is God bigger? And is this worth it? We've got to to not get distracted. And I know it's simple, I know it's basic, but this is, we we can get, it's like your capacity. You want to serve God, but your capacity is so loaded up. You've got no room. You've got no room to set your heart upon the things that are above because your heart is so full of all of these distractions. And if we were to go through and do an inventory, we could probably get rid of half that stuff. But just saying, does it matter? Is God bigger? And is this worth Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.